This is the TSN MMA Show with Aaron Bronstetter and Bazooka Joe Valtellini. Welcome to another edition of the TSN MMA Show. I'm your host, Aaron Bronstetter, joined as I am each and every week by Bazooka Joe Valtellini. I'm back from Phoenix, Arizona, from the card that was. UFC 274 had its ups and downs, but a fantastic main event with Charles Oliveira and Justin Gagey. Co-main event, eh, not so much. Joe, I know you, uh, yeah. you watched it all. What did you think? Well, uh... Are we starting with this co-main, or are we starting with just the card in general? What do you want me to go with? Uh, what do we start? I don't know. You tell me. You you, you can drive the car. All right. Um, again, ups and downs, I think, was the, the key. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that main event... Uh, I'm going to start with the main event. Let's start with something more sure. positive. I thought, uh, again, Gaethje being Gaethje. I mean, get in there, fire fight. Um, but uh, I think Oliveira is uh, just that guy um, you can't really touch. I think he's good on all aspects. He's exciting. He's an entertainer. But uh, my main thing for you is I know we want to deep into uh, get into this is that half pound. I think uh, I was a little annoyed. I, I don't know. It's, part of me is like, should he have lost his belt, seeing his performances, the streak he's on? Does half a pound with uh, warrant to get his belt taken and not giving it to him after what he's done for the company kind of made me feel a little bit uh, off of after him winning. Well, I've had a lot of time to let this marinate. So let's start from the day of the weigh-ins up until now. Day of the weigh-ins, everybody's making weight. You know, it's not like everybody's off by half a pound, everybody's off by a pound. Everybody's on weight. I mean, Norma Dumont is the lone exception outside of Charles. So on the day of, I'm not feeling as bad for him. I'm thinking, you know what? He had an hour. Is it, you know, is it that hard to shed half a pound in an hour? Um, you know, he didn't try cutting his hair or anything like that. I know I was saying that people are like, oh, hair doesn't weigh anything, but whatever. Try. Yeah, I said it. Too. I'm thinking yeah, try. I said it too. Try. Yeah. You said what? Cut the hair or that it doesn't cut weigh the hair? Yeah. yeah. I was like, shave it. Yeah. Do what you do can. It, do, man. do whatever you try. Try. Eyebrows, hair. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. Try. Um, I don't know if he has fake teeth. Take those guys out. Whatever you can do. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about probably six figures lost as a result of this half pound, but, uh, and then, but the more I got to think about it, you know, they're using the, the bar scale here in Arizona, you know, over in Arizona. I mean, it's a half pound. And we're talking about a championship belt, belt. We're not talking about like three pounds, two pounds, half a pound. Not to mention yeah. that Arizona didn't follow any of their own regulations when it came to the weigh-in. They're not supposed to hold weigh-ins based on their own guidelines until at the most 24 hours out from the card. But, I mean, I think it's healthier that they do it more than that. But, that again, that's their guidelines. The other guideline is if someone misses weight, they have two hours. Two hours to cut that weight. They gave yeah. him one hour. We're talking about a champion here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, give him the half pound. I, I, honestly, like, you're there with the bar scale. If you're a buddy doing the bar scale, nobody's going to notice a half pound on the bar yeah, scale. Yeah, like, well, a lot of times they swipe you through quickly. Exactly. Like, if it's close exactly. enough, okay, boom, go. Give him the half pound. That, I mean, that's yeah. ultimately, like, listen, I, the guy's doing his job. And, but if I'm the commission, if I'm the head of the commission and I'm, and I see that the guys on the scale is being a stickler, just I pull them aside and say, listen, if it's under a pound, let it, let it slide. We don't want to be the commission that had a stickler at the scale that had the first time a UFC champion lost their belt on the scale. We, we don't want to be that commission if it's not an egregious miss. Yeah. Yeah. Half a pound to me is okay. If you came in two, three pounds, like you said, Okay, take your belt away. You're not being a professional. But when you're talking about half a pound, I would say, okay, let's let's give a penalty financially, but to strip the belt for that half a pound, I would say, okay, you're getting 20% off, getting cut, like what you do in a regular situation. But I don't think stripping the belt 
uh, was the right decision here. And not to mention with the unofficial scale being off. I, I know three people that saw the scale that Charles was on weight the night before. He went to bed, woke up, and suddenly was half a pound over. It doesn't make any physiological sense, right? Yeah. So yeah. If, if you've got a scale mishap already, and apparently the fighters at weigh-ins, it was like 8.30 in the morning, were told, oh, uh, there was an issue with the unofficial scale. You might want to get on the scale and just check again. But Charles wasn't there in that lineup. He, he got there at like close to the end of weigh-ins. BC was on weight when, when he went to bed. Like He didn't think he was going to be over. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think that there were a lot of things that could have been done differently. And I can't put any blame on the UFC for this because they have to go with the commission. Like, they're not going to undermine the commission and give Charles the belt back or something or say, well, we're going to just count this as he's still the champion. They can't do it because you're... You're at the mercy of these commissions. If you want to travel to Arizona again, you think Arizona's going to gonna license your event if you're undermining them? They can't. Yeah. So I can't blame the UFC. I can blame them for the scale situation. And Dana White basically said afterwards at the, the press conference that a lot of the athletes that aren't from America use the metric system. So they switched the scale over between kilograms and pounds, and it messes up the calibration. He said, going forward, we're going to have somebody from security basically man the scale at all times so that... If somebody's going to tinker with it, they they know. Yeah, yeah. I think the key is, one, I think every fighter needs to bring their own scale to fight week, something I've always done and I continue to do with my team. You get on the official scale, and then you go on your scale and you compare. You do that a couple times throughout the week to make sure you kind of know, and, and this way you kind of know. But half a pound is so hard to gauge between scales, the human error. I've been in a personal situation where I fought uh, – it was a big fight for me. I was fighting Mehdi Baghdad, who was in the UFC. I mean, he did a lot of fights after in the UFC. But uh, I fought him uh, full rules Muay Thai. And for some reason, the scale, based on if it was on one part of the floor and the other, was giving like a big fluctuation. So like I would make weight. And this is when the first time in my life I made 160. So I was like, okay, I made it down. I was killed myself to get there. I get to the event. Someone moved the scale just over and it was showing me like a literally over a pound and a half heavy so i put my sauna suit on i have no energy i can barely move making 160 and then they move it on the scale and it's back everyone's like joe stop it's it's i was like you i got in a sauna suit out of a sauna suit it messed with my mind so much and everybody else was panicking so like literally we were all looking at the scale and be like do not touch it when you get on that scale you better get on it so carefully because if you move it by the time i get on i'm screwed so i mean scale is such there's error it's technology i mean half a pound is the biggest consequence he loses his belt apparently what now you can confirm with me he doesn't get the pay-per-view points he got the, the pay-per-view points okay good but in the rules he wouldn't right he wasn't eligible for a bonus i mean he got the fan bonus the the, the fans vote on but he wasn't eligible like i think that would have been fight of the night no problem had yeah. he made the weight they gave it to schnell and royval but i mean like that's that to me was it was weird to see. And the other thing about Charles is, over the years, he's had a lot of really weird weights. Not weight misses, necessarily. He's misweighted at featherweight, never at lightweight. But he's showed up at featherweight weighing 143. He's weighed 152 at lightweight. Like, I don't know if this guy just needs a nutritionist or what, but it's, he's had so many weird anomaly weights over the years where you rarely see anybody outside of that two-pound threshold from 154 to 156 or whatever it is, whatever the weight class yeah. is. You really see, and Charles on several occasions have been 153, 152. He was 155 once at featherweight, like when he missed weight. Like it's, it's just very weird weight misses and weight 
uh, numbers over the years. I don't know if he needs to hire a nutritionist or somebody that's going to monitor him and make sure he's at his optimal. Well, whatever he's doing, he's doing fine because he's winning all these fights. But you know what I mean? Like, find somebody who's going to help him with that particular facet of his game. Yeah. Now, back to pay-per-view points. Him going into his next fight, because you even hear Dana after the fight saying, you're the number one contender. But, like, now does he go in? Now his next fight, he won't get pay-per-view points. Well, Dana White said he didn't know. So I, I don't okay. know what the deal with that is. I know, That's I know at least Charles they're thinking. Is, Charles is in Vegas right now. Um, he's going to be cornering Alan Nascimento this weekend, and he wants to meet with the UFC brass and to kind of sort all this out and figure out what's going on. Because if you read Dana White's lips, apparently after the fight, Dana White looked at him and said, we know you made weight, we know you made weight, something along those lines. So if they know he made weight, you've got to keep treating him like the champion, even though he, he will be an uncrowned vacant, you know, the champion of a vacant division or whatever it is, or the championship will be vacant. He should still be considered the champion by all accounts uh, in the yeah. UFC's eyes. It doesn't count as a title defense. He doesn't get another ruby on his belt. Like, there's a lot of things outside of the financial part of things. Like, I think, it, is it what? Adesanya always says it, that one interim championship or something. He's like, that counts as a title. I won the title that day. Like, I should be, it's not so many title defenses. It should be more based on it. I mean, the language and in some of these rule sets doesn't make sense. But I hope he gets compensated well because... I mean, he's an entertainer. Who's putting, who's finishing guys like this? Who's entertaining the way he is? I mean, it's half a pound with controversy. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that they make it right for him. How good was that fight? I mean, like after that Comey event, the fight was so good. Unreal. And we should have seen it yeah. coming, right? Because Charles always has the advantage of being able to roll to his back. Like against the guy yeah. like Gaethje, who's not going to follow him to the ground. You have, you can give yourself the chance to recover if need be. Um, you know, you know me. I, I always love Charles. I mean, I love both guys, Gaethje and Oliver, are my two favorite fighters to watch. So. This was a delightful three and a half minutes for me, just watching how this whole thing played out. I mean, you got to give Charles credit for his striking. Like nobody's rattling Gaethje like that that early in a fight. Yeah, they they what it was uh, two. They, Charles got knocked down twice, I believe, right? Yeah, so, no, no, he got knocked down yeah. once. The second one, I don't think was a knockdown. He kind of rolled to his back. He was hurt, and he just kind of yes. rolled to his back. Everybody's Trying calling it a knockdown, but it didn't look like a knockdown to me. Yeah, maybe it was his strategy of recovering. He's, you know, Gaethje won't kind of engage on the ground anyway, so it gives him a couple seconds to recover or whatnot. But, I mean, just excitement. Like, I, I keep telling you on the show here that I'm like, it's hard for me to get excited for fights, but, like, that's why I'm saying, like, he's this fighter who, you know, when you talk about money, he goes out there and risks himself. He goes and gives damage. He he takes damage. It's like, those are the fighters you need to be rewarding because they're the ones putting on these types of fights. Like, most five-round title fights against Gaethje, what are you going to do? You're going to be patient. You're going to wait. You're going to try to use your jab. You're going to try to avoid low kicks. You don't want to eat the power of his left hook. You're going to try to move. He went right on for that Get what Gaethje says, the car crash, and he's like, all right, let's play chicken, you know, let's go for it. And it was just unreal. And these are the types of fights that I, I like because they're both technicians who are willing to kind of risk their lives for it, and we got that, uh, we got that type of fight. Absolutely. Great fight. And uh, Charles likely going to face Islam Makhachev next, it seems like. It seems like Dana kind of got sold on it by Rogan and, and Cormier after the event. They were like, we got, let's, you should put this fight together. And I actually, I was on Morning Combat this week, and we talked about this. I said... I think that it's the right fight to make for Oliveira, but if you're Islam, like that's a that's a tough ask to go from the level of competition he's been facing to a Charles Oliveira. That's why I think the Darius fight would have been really good for him. I think he needs to face. Yeah. I, he, it's too easy for him right now. And against Charles Oliveira, hey, if he's able to make it look easy, more power to him. But Charles Oliveira is going to have an arsenal that he can throw at Islam that he's never seen before. Yeah, would it almost make sense? Would you put Chandler ahead of uh, Makachev no, for no, it? No, 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 no. No, that's what Brian Campbell was saying 
on Morning Combat. This is okay. Listen, I like Chandler. I think he's an awesome guy and a great fighter. But here's his resume: beating Dan Hooker, who's what one of his last five, maybe Dan Hooker, okay. and then beating Ferguson, who the only round that Ferguson's won in his last four fights is this round that he had the first round against Chandler. He's not, be- he's not beating guys that would elevate you to championship contention. He's not beating a Benil Dariush or a Islam Makhachev. He's beating guys that are kind of on the, dan- on the decline or just aren't at his level. But, I mean, I mean, Ferguson looked good in that first round. But we'll get to that one, I guess, in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't elevate Chandler to, to championship status yet. I, th- I think that he still needs to beat kind of a top guy that has momentum right now. And can you refresh me who Makhachev's last fight was? It was against Bobby Green. He was supposed to face... Darius, but Darius got injured like two weeks before the fight. So they had. So they what's got a, a bigger fight, Bobby Green or you know beating Ferguson? Right. I mean th- that's exactly right. I mean that's why I think Islam should be yeah. Benil Darius. Darius might have the best argument of anybody, but I don't think that people are that interested in Benil Darius, right? So at least with Islam, you have the Habib rub, you know, and and he's on the streak. We can't we can't we got to remember Islam's on like a nine or ten fight win streak, so he has that over Michael Chandler as well. Yeah. True. I mean, this is maybe where if Connor was a little smaller, he can kind of squeeze his way in for a nice title shot. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this would have been a perfect he healthy, squeeze for him would. to kind of go. This would have been the oh, opportunity. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, that's kind of the... I, I think if Gaethje would have won, I think he maybe would have been a little bit more excited for that, but... Because uh, I think Oliveira's... I think he beats Connor. The problem real. is he could wreck... Like, he could wreck Connor. Like, he might be able to submit yeah. Connor inside of a minute. Like, you don't want to have fight a guy like that. But that yeah, said, he's gonna he gets hit. Oliveira gets it. hit, and, and we know that if Connor can hit you, you might not have time to recover. It might be over. Yeah, I th- I'm going to say it out loud, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Oliveira might be one of my favorite fighters in the UFC right well, now. I've said, it. I've said this for years. You, you know me. You've been doing yeah. this show with I'm, me that's for all, years. I'll jump on your way. Yeah, I've been, man, on, but... I've been driving that bandwagon for like 10 years. Well, I'm jumping on because I can't think of a fighter who I'm more excited. I mean, Izzy's always going to be an exciting fight for me because of his kickboxing background, me calling his kickboxing stuff. Well, Oliver has never had a boring years. fight. He's never had a boring fight never. ever. Never. I mean, think of all the – if you look at all the other champions in there, it's like he's the most exciting guy on the roster. Oh, for like, sure. I mean, it's just – it's unreal. Down. Nobody's cl- – I mean, Yuri Prokashka is going to be interesting. I want to see how, how he does against Glover because that guy's an exciting fighter to watch. But, I mean – it's, if you're looking at just sheer excitement, like Oliveira's got to be the guy. Yeah, you can't. I, I, I don't even think there's a close second. I mean, Gaethje might be the, the second. Like <laughs> that's the thing, right? Yeah. Like there's definitely not a close second to him. I mean, Volkanovski's doing really well. I, mean, I think Gaethje's that's probably kinda... up there though. I, I, Gaethje might be a close second, honestly. If you look at all of Gaethje's fights, they've all been yeah. barn burners too. Yeah, and I respect Gaethje too because he's one of these guys where it's like. Uh, I heard, uh, I think it was a, a little clip of Florian saying something like he's saying, like he's probably a blue belt at max on his jujitsu, like something like a big, bold statement like that. And he's like, he just focuses on wrestling and just trying to do damage. Like he's not even working. He's just working the strengths of his games, kind of improving. So he's still out there to put on exciting fights. So I, yeah, thought, I, Gaethje would, that too. I thought Gaethje would be the worst matchup for Oliveira in the entire division going into this fight. And I think I'm wrong. Like I think, I think Oliveira just had his number because – like I said, the ability to kind of go to his back and recover, um, not to mention that as soon as he grabs a hold of Gaethje and gets any sort of position on him, it's over, right? Like, yeah. and, and, that, and that's not a knock on Gaethje. That's a, basically anybody. If Charles Oliveira gets a good position on you, you're in big trouble. 
Yeah, but Gaethje, when he hit him with that left hook, could have put him out. For sure. You know what I mean? Oh, it could have sure. easily just put him out and then kind of just came down and pounded him out for a few shots. Like, so Gaethje had a moment, so you couldn't say he was completely, you know, dominated in it. He landed his big shots, put him on his back a couple times. And so, I mean, great fight. Let's talk about great, this. Great fight. Let's talk about this Comey because I think you're going to have a very similar opinion to me here. And uh, like I mentioned earlier again, I was on Morning Combat on Monday and I went on a, just a full on rant. I finally got to let my feelings out about this fight. Okay. Would you like, right, would you like to hear them? Yeah, let me hear you start it okay. off. I think that it is a complete farce that they did not let Rose go in that fight. That they didn't, that they didn't think that she could beat Carlos Barza wherever that fight went. She's yeah. got way better hands. If the fight goes to the ground, she's got a great submission game. She's got great scrambles. Why are you, have, why are you game planning for, for Carla Esparza's strengths if you're, if you're Rose Namajunas and her team? Rose Namajunas has proven to be one of the top five pound-for-pound women's fighters of all time. She, she's yeah. probably the greatest strawweight of all time if you look at her resume with the two wins over Joanna, two wins over Whaley, win over Andrade. She's got a great resume. And Carla Esparza, in my opinion, and I'm not trying to disrespect Carla Esparza, but she's nowhere near as well-rounded as those fighters that I mentioned a minute ago. Yeah. She, her path is wrestle, 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 take you down, hold you there. Why would they be scared of Carla Esparza doing that to Rose? I don't understand. I get that they fought years, eight, whatever, seven, eight years ago, and Carla was able to have her way with a 22-year-old Rose Namajunas who would have been the youngest champion in UFC history if she won that fight. Rose Namajunas is an evolved mixed martial artist now. Esparza, Esparza is 35 years old. And they handed the title to her on a silver platter. They said, here, take it. We don't want it anymore. Yeah. Just don't take yeah. us down, please. Don't take anything us down. That, as long as you don't take us down, whatever the outcome of yeah. this fight is, is fine. These are game plan. That's we funny. have our defensive game plan. That's awesome. Trevor Whitman is a great coach. And mm-hmm. they had mixed messages in the corner there. And I know Pat Barry's going to be on Helwani's show today. I'm eager to hear what he has to say. Me too. Me too. But to me, that was an indefensible showing for Rose Namajunas' team. And I'm not going to pin it on her because she's following her coach's instructions, which is what she should do. But if they, if they went into that fight with no game plan and said, Rose, just be you, it would have been a way, she would have had a way better chance of winning that fight than, than this defensive game plan. It's, to me, it, it was just mind-blowing that they approached the fight in that manner. Joe, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, exactly that. I mean, you pinpointed it. Rose is the best mixed martial female mixed martial artist probably out there to be able to strike, to grapple, to do jujitsu. Well rounded. So yeah, she's so well rounded that it's like you're you're absolutely right. Like those couple exchanges that were grappling exchanges, no problem. She got out of them. She turned off the cage. That right there should have been the confidence. Okay, let's put on the gas pedal a little bit. Let's set sitting on our punches. Let's start mixing our kick head kicks a little bit more. Maybe like. But Carla looked flat. She's she just kind of walked. So even if her picking the jab, like you got to commit. She she was throwing a lot of what I call occupying space strikes, which is important to do against a wrestler. But sometimes you got to stick that jab a little bit more. You know, find find a long reach. Use your range. Like trust your range a little bit. You're the taller, longer fighter. So like in and out with your movement, but stab the jab a little bit. So it was a little bit frustrating for me to see, especially knowing Pat Barry being the aggressive striker he is. Like, let her go forward a little bit. You know, your striking's your game. But it was really frustrating to see. But again, when I was watching that fight, I, I didn't necessarily see Carla winning the rounds that she did. I don't see... I don't know. Like, it was too close to me. I thought Rose's movement... I didn't really see how Carla even won the I fight, get it. I can't be put it on Carla, though. Because Carla... They, they put together a game plan to stop Carla. And they stopped her wrestling, but like 
they weren't offering anything for Carla to even counter. Like, but yeah, but when you if they would have given it, the fight to Rose, I would have had no problem with it, no issue. I, yes, I can't, that was my I can't go ahead and you. say like that was a definitive win for Carla Espinosa. Barely anything happened. Yeah, I thought at least Rose was moving. She was kind of putting more shots out there. It looked like, even though the numbers didn't show it. But I don't know. I didn't even see how Carla could have won the fight. I know I it's know, a weird so. fight, right? But I, it was one of those fights where like whoever won that fight is fine. Like they're just. You're basically picking apart. I actually trust the judges who are cage side, who are seeing the damage and are seeing things up close and are seeing the nuances. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And, I, and I'll be honest and say I was backstage during that fight. I was interviewing Chandler during one of the rounds. I didn't get to watch so the get full to fight. But Did you rewatch it? I, I rewatched it not some even of it. But I, like, why rewatch it? Like, I know what yeah. I'm going to see. Yeah. I'm going to see very minimal activity. And then the, one of the worst things about it is Rose's corner says, going into the fifth round, oh, you can have fun now. You're up four rounds. Don't tell your fighter that you're up four rounds in a fight like that. You can't do it. You should, yeah. Unless, unless it it's a total blowout, you yeah. should never tell your fighter that they're up going into, going into the final round of a fight, unless you're 100% certain. Yeah, yeah. I thought Pat Barry was saying you're up four rounds, where Trevor was kind of like, you just got to let it go a little bit more. So maybe Trevor knew she was maybe Rose said down. That Trevor told her. Was... Rose said after the fight, Trevor told her that she was up four rounds going into the fifth. So, I mean, yeah. I thought that Trevor was giving the better advice of the two, but the, the advices were contrary to each other. Like, Rose was probably really confused. Who do I listen to here? I got two, two voices coming, in, coming at me with different, different messages. Because Trevor was like, push forward, okay, you know, like you can, you can be a little bit more aggressive. And then Pat was like, slow it down. We're doing exactly what we've trained. This is exactly the plan. Sometimes people, I think, overthink things. You don't need yeah, to, yeah. like, they, they were trying to be a little bit too smart for their own good. You have a fighter that's as good as Rose Namajunas, and that's the part about it that upsets me, is that we didn't get to see Rose Cook. We didn't get to see her do what she's so good at. Instead, they just, they, they had a deferential game plan, and then afterwards Rose is like, why can't I, why can't I be defensive? Why can't, why do I have to get my face marked up? Why, why don't I get rewarded for being defensive? Because the scoring criteria doesn't reward defense. Defense is your job. Yeah, the scoring yeah. criteria rewards damage. So evading damage and then not letting any damage of your own is leaving yourself exposed to lose on the scorecards, which is what happened. Yeah, but even that late fifth round takedown, people are trying to make it clean. Well, she got the takedown. But that doesn't mean anything means in nothing. scoring. You didn't, didn't do, do nothing any with the with takedown. It. means nothing. You did zero damage. With, so that takedown meant But nothing. Rose did win that round. Rose landed, like, outlanded Carla 2-1 to one in that fifth round. That was Rose's best round, honestly, and still barely anything happened. Yeah. Now, uh, a lot of controversy, and I know you've been well-versed with the scoring lately. Was that first round 10-10 worthy? I know no. you were... You know? I don't know what a 10-10 is. And I've explained so this. So why is everybody saying this is the definition? I heard, I think it was Brett Akimoto even put it yeah, on. He's I wrong. think it popped on Twitter. He, it's not the this is the of definition of a 10-10 round. It's not so the break it down for us. Round. Break it down. So What is it? I, what should it have been? A 10-10 round. If you don't know. I'll tell you. you don't know because none of us could pick a winner. Nobody could. Right. So but what I'll, do you I'll do? tell you what you do in that situation. So judges are there to judge. They're 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 there to make sure that there's a 10-9 round for every single round for the most part. And I'll tell you what a 10-10 round is in a minute. But basically, let's say that you had two fighters for an entire round staring at each other. Let's say they were just standing, uniform, staring at each other. And one fighter takes two steps towards the other fighter. The fighter that takes the two steps towards the other fighter wins that round. The reason why is because in the criteria, your first and primary and almost only thing you're looking for is, is damage, immediate impact, and damage. And then, then it diverts to the secondary and tertiary. And tertiary should almost get thrown out the window. It's barely ever used. Criteria but that the judges use, which is aggression and cage control and, and things like that, which basically almost never comes into play. 
And that's why I say that the person that took two steps forward, they're the aggressor in that round. They get the 10-9 round in that situation, even if zero strikes are land, landed. Based on the secondary Based criteria. on the secondary criteria, right. Okay. So the only way that you're ever going to see a 10-10 round, I think there's only been one, I, I think Sean Sheehan broke this down. He linked to MMA decisions. And I think that a lot of judges that are less trained, like the ones that are kind of the regional judges, are also not too aware of, of how a 10-10 round is scored. And I actually coincidentally had like a two-hour breakfast with, with Mark Goddard on the day of the fight. So we were talking about a oh. lot of this stuff, just co- so it was fresh in my mind. Um, most of the time, a 10-10 round is as follows. And we've seen a lot of these technical decisions lately. Let's say it's the third round. It's Joe Valtellini versus whatever, some guy. You get poked in the eye at the beginning of the third round, maybe a minute in, 20 seconds in, 30 seconds in. You can't continue. Your eye's messed up. You can't see. The doctor says, Joe, can you go? Joe, of course, says, yeah, I can go. I can go. But the doctor says, no, Joe, your eye is not looking good. Because I know you would say you could go anyways. I know how you are. For sure. But the doctor says, okay, we got to stop it. Unintentional foul. You got poked in the eye. It's going to a technical decision. If the judges didn't see enough in that first minute or 30 seconds or whatever to, to definitively give someone a round and say, if the rest of the round played out four more minutes, this guy definitely would have won, that's a 10-10 round. That's really the only time you're going to see a 10-10 round is if it goes to a technical decision hmm. and a round is not completed. Jeez, yeah. All right. So when people that's are saying, oh, that's for sure a 10-10 happened. round. No, that's not how 10-10 yeah. rounds work. Yeah. Back to people not knowing how the scoring is. The fighters and most of the fans don't know. So, yeah. Right. So, I mean, I respect Brett and I respect Brett, uh, Brian Campbell, who also said 10-10 round. It's not how a 10-10 round works. Yeah. It almost should, though. It makes sure, sense yes. how that... There's a lot of stuff in the scoring criteria works. that should be different. Yeah. But I'm just yeah. telling it, it like it is. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, based on score. But in reality, when you think about it, I'm like, that should kind of be the definition of a 10-10 as well. So, I get where people... I think people think just because it's so logical that it should be a 10-10 that it is a 10-10, but it's not. On the definition, you're right, it's not. So, like, what do you do? Like, I think they got to start thinking about changing some of these things. Yeah, I don't well, I don't understand why 10-10s are so bad. Half-point like, okay system, to be an even round. I've been the biggest advocate for the half-point system. I will continue to be the biggest advocate for the half-point system. I know, I know. Then you get 10 again, to 9 and a half for either one of them. Rose or Esparza, whoever thought you thought did yeah. the better work. It's a round where very close, barely anything happens. 10 to 9 and a half. Yeah. Because literally, if you have three rounds of you don't know what's happening, like it could be anyone's, and then you get... And, and say you maybe give those three ro- uh, those three to Esparza, then all of a sudden Rose does wicked damage in four and five, Carla wins the fight. Right. And that's one of the problems. Right? That's why I got, I got so much flack for my Israel versus Jan Blahovic situation, which actually helped teach me about the scoring criteria. But I thought that the first three rounds were really close, and I just kind of gave a small edge to Izzy. And then in the, second, in the fourth and fifth, Blahovic blows the doors off of him. But they're not really 10-8 rounds. They're not really, by definition, yeah. a 10-8 round. They're 10-9 rounds. Right? So... That's why when I when I said that I thought Israel won the first three rounds, uh, you know, I caught a lot of flack because Jan did such great work in the fourth and fifth round. But that's why not all rounds are created equal, and that's why I think a half point system resolves a lot of that. We're we're working with a boss a boxing scoring system for nine and twelve round fights for a, a three rounds in MMA. It makes no sense. Yeah, I think after you've kind of kept saying it on the show, I think that is honestly the the most easiest best solution to things: the half point system. Right, because I agree. In that fight, Esparza versus Namunas, every round is ten to nine and a half, except for maybe the fifth round. I give Rose a ten nine, but basically, like they're they're close, close rounds. 
Wasn't it round four? That was pretty. Yeah, that was, you could probably uh, get as far as that ten nine. Definitely test. I, I didn't. Yeah. The fight didn't have my full full attention. But Esparza also didn't do much. Like she, she landed a, an impactful takedown. So maybe she wins the round on that. Maybe she has a ten nine on that. But uh, again, I just think that a half point system solves a lot of the problems that we're having in MMA with the scoring because it get, it, there's a little bit more nuance to the rounds. Because as we've seen, not all ten nine rounds are created equal. Look at Aljo versus Sterling. The first and second round were both scored ten nines. The first round was razor close, and the second round was a complete blowout. Yeah. Now, I have a question because me being a commentator, I was listening to DC and Rogan go. Now, one, I got to give Rogan and DC a lot of credit because they, as a commentator, a lot of times you want to protect the organization and the fighter being like, oh, this is a technical fight. They're waiting. They know the risk. But they were straight out and saying, this is boring. This is not acceptable. The referee should come in and create a warning. They should do something. And to me, I was like, man, they're speaking honest. And I think it's they're giving the real you know, picture of the fight. What did you take from the commentators? Well, I, again, I was backstage, so I didn't hear that much of the commentary. I did hear some of it. And from, oh, what, I, from what I could hear, it was like they were slamming the fight. And I think that they, they should do that. I think that, yeah. listen... I don't think that either Rose or Carla, I mean, Carlos probably was happy with how things ended up, but I don't think either of them are happy with how they performed in that fight. I thought Carla, I don't know if you heard Carla with Helwani on Monday, I thought she had a very good, honest interview and honest assessment of how things played out. Um, she was basically saying I couldn't do anything in my game plan. I thought that, like, you know, I thought that what Rose was doing was really just trying to stifle any sort of offense that I had, so she wasn't able to do anything in her game plan which is good but again the criteria doesn't reward that for rose that she was able to kind of shut that down so yeah i i mean these kind of fights the thing is the ref has the ability to step in and saying you're being too timid let's go and warn the fighters and get and could take points away if fighters are being showing timidity the problem is if both fighters are showing timidity then what do you do right you can yeah. take a point from both of them it's not going to do anything. Or in between rounds, you can say, go by and say, hey, guys, we need to pick up the action here. Yeah. Like, you don't have to make it public and embarrass them. But, like, in between rounds, just walk by and say, hey, guys, we've got to pick this up. Yep. You know, otherwise I'm going to make a warning. Mm -hmm. Something small like right, that could have been okay. Yeah. Get them so, going. Yeah. I mean, I think they're going to be uh, upset about it. I think Rose more than anybody yeah. being why she didn't. Yeah, Carla's and, getting uh, married and bringing the belt down the aisle. I'm sure she's fine. Yeah, yeah, she's cool with it. Yeah, I'm okay with it. And I just think uh, Carla is going to have to put a little bit more excitement going forward. But uh, just to make uh, the fans happy a little bit because it is entertainment and uh, we were not entertained. And but, it looks uh, like we're talking about it. It looks like Esparza is going to face the winner of Ioana versus Wei Li. Can you imagine if Ioana ends up being the champion again by the end of the year? That would be, be pretty impressive. Yeah. Kind of come out of nowhere. Took, took all the pandemic off, basically, and then comes back comes and back wins the championship. And, yeah. I mean, it she just has to seems be like the, the girls are all at the top there. I mean, again, it would be nice to see. I'm sure Ro I could see Rose being champion again by next year. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, can see I was saying champ again. to the guys on Morning Combat that I, I would like to see Marina Rodriguez get the next shot just because if you look at this division over the last couple of years, it's been the same five women. It's been Andrade, Rose, Weili, Joanna, and now Carla. Like, Carla was one was the original champion. Like, it's those are like the five people that have dominated this division if you remember with bantamweight years ago they had like cruz barrow faber and dillashaw like it was like a revolving door of who was facing who and now look at yeah. how interesting the division is with all these new challengers like you have to almost introduce new challengers and make things interesting yeah no that would be good i think uh I think a nice little mix-in would be good. I think Rodriguez would be nice for it. She's tall. She's rangy. She's she's, the she brings a different threat. 
That's the only issue. Carla has a yeah. win over her. So who knows? We'll have to see. Uh, this is the one, one question I've been dying to ask you. That knockout of Tony Ferguson, that front kick, that was like a modified front kick. Like that, that didn't have the same extension. It didn't have the same technique. It was almost like a, like a, like a, a football kick. Like, yeah, have it, you it taught was a front kick like that before? I mean, uh, it's not, it's, uh, yes, you, you teach them two different ways. There's two ways to teach a front kick. It was almost the way he threw that front kick was more of how you would throw a teep, which is like your push kick traditionally. So a front kick comes with a, a chamber. So you chamber your knee and you extend it out. So more like how Anderson Silva did it. The knee comes up and then the extension of your foot comes out. Boom. But the way Chandler did it was more of a straight leg. So it kind of came up straight. And then that straight angle kind of just hit under the chin. Why those are good is because usually a lot of people use the chamber as a as a tail. You know, as soon as someone lifts their knee up, most likely the front kick's coming. So you would angle off or kind of just narrow your center line to defend the front kick. But the way he threw it with more of the straight leg was more traditionally how you would use a push kick to kind of defensively push your, your opponent away. So the way that angle came up was just more like you said that soccer style but there wasn't much knee extension it was more of that straight leg coming up on that angle as ferguson was kind of dipped in right to the chin and it's just perfect timing unreal that picture that uh, is going viral is insane uh, i, I hate ferguson look, I look hate like 100 years old i know there. it's like the frankie edgar one i hate looking at it i don't know why it's like yeah. i feel i feel bad for the fighter i feel bad for, like it's an embarrassing photo honestly it's like yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I don't I don't get the first time I see them I was like whoa but then after that I keep seeing it over and over and over again I'm like uh, I feel bad because it's like yeah. I know Tony's probably seeing it and like his family's yeah. seeing it I have one I got one ugly one too where Holtz can just like the the impact when just Holtz can touch me I was like damn that's an ugly shot yeah. but uh, yeah they're not fun I mean but uh, it's always to me it's always the bittersweet it's always like everyone's so yeah Chandler 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 while Ferguson's you know planted out face first not moving it was a bad knockout <laughs> yeah three of them all, yeah. you know and everyone's like ah oh, but hey let's not look about the guy who's we're ready we're concerned about brain damage on the floor you know it's hard and I think it's harder yeah. because it's Ferguson and we're always a little bit hesitant about his head and how he's reacting and at one point you know we thought he had CTE at one point where he was getting into things and problems I was like so it's to me it scares me a little bit to, to see these things happen yeah. to a guy that you're already hesitant with I saw him walking around backstage afterwards so um, I think they were trying to to uh, transfer him to the hospital and he was like I think being a little stubborn about it. I don't know. I, I can't, couldn't tell you for sure, but I just saw him walking away and the gurney kind of following him <laughs> because yeah. he had to go to the hospital. But Did uh, we see the the uh, the best of Ferguson? Is this it? What do you think? Well, that first round, it was looking good. The, the problem Great. is Ferguson just, I, like, you can't keep putting him up against these top 10 guys. I think you have to go one of two ways with Ferguson. You have to either put him up against, like, put him in a gatekeeper position against kind of these you know, top 10 to 15 guys in the lightweight division or just put him in fun fights like against like Nate Diaz, like put him in exciting fights where it's going to be a draw for the fans. Yeah, Those are yeah. kind of almost like options. what they're doing with Donald Cerrone. Now he kind of picks his fights. He wants where he goes. I don't know if Ferguson's quite there. I still think Ferguson can hang with a lot of people in that division. I just think that like, he's got to take a little bit of a step down. I just, I like, I think the days of him being a championship contender are, are long gone. At this point yeah, in time, yeah. I think that this was kind of the last chance for him to prove that he could still hang with the elite guys at lightweight. I, you know, I think if you put him up against like a Diego Fajeja, guy who's like the bottom of the rankings at 55, somebody along those lines, Gregor Gillespie, you know, the guys that are, are trying to work their way up that 
maybe are a little bit on the older side. Those are good matchups yeah. if he wants to stay in the mix. But then there's also just putting him in like exciting fights. Put him against like Wonder Boy. Move him up to 170. Have him face Wonder Boy. Like those kind of fights, yeah. I think, are fun fights that um, that people would just like watching. Yeah, and I just he's, I still like his 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 look on the sport and how unique he is with his training and he takes a diff takes a different approach and, I mean I I understand that but I mean you got you have to take that, the the shots he's been taking like, the one before like he he got hit and it's like his looked like a delayed brain coming down and like I was just like man it's scary to see him take so many shots like that it was like when is when is too much I think he's approaching that too much I had a great interview with Tony before the card. We, uh, Did he yell at you? He's so aggressive this all fight week. Well, I Every clip in, I no, see. he was great actually. He was calm and like very friendly. I, I walk into the room and he goes, "Hey buddy, what's the contra code?" <laughs> that was like the first thing he said to me. I go, I, first thing. I go, I think it's like B A B A left right B A down right or uh, up down B A left right B A start select. I think he was like, "That's for two players." And I was like, "All right, cool." I was like, oh, there you I was go. like we're, "All right, we're doing well." I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, I used to play that game and like." I don't remember the River City Ransom code. I go, do you remember River City Ransom? He goes, I love River City Ransom. I, I met the guy who oh, created the remake, and, and I asked him to put me in the game. So like we had like a rapport instantly, and then he gave me a great interview. Yeah. Did you guys talk about it before? Is that kind no, of why? No, it just, or... it just out of, completely organic out of nowhere. It just came up. Nice. But he's got so a good memory. He goes, he goes, hey, you're not wearing those yellow glasses. Like I wore yellow glasses when I interviewed him. This was for the, the, the fight week where he was supposed to face Khabib, where Khabib got hospitalized. I, I, I can't even remember what number it was. But uh, I interviewed him that week, and he was like, and I said, yeah, Tony, you know, I, when I interviewed you, I, you complimented my glasses. And then the next time I wore them, I said, hey, I'm wearing the yellow glasses again. And you looked at me, and you said, that was last interview. That's old, old news. And uh, Tony goes, I said that to you? He goes, that was very mean. I was like, yeah, yeah. well, I don't wear them I thought anymore. maybe he mixed you up with the schmo. No, no, no. Those, he always wears had, those yellow glasses. I had glasses. yellow frame glasses, and they broke. My son, when he was like two, sat on them or something, or his knee went on them and yeah. snapped in half. So I don't have them anymore. The yellow glasses. Oh, yeah, get a new pair then. That was your thing now. You need the yellow the yellow frame glasses. No, I, I like to switch it up, though. Every every two years, I switch up my glasses frames. This is the year where I'm switching my glasses frames up. I'm probably going to go clear, clear frames this time around. All right, those are in, yeah, I no, guess. Yeah, yeah. I like it. And a little bit less, less pronounced, like these dark frames that I got on right now. Um, huh? You have to use the uh, theater of the mind since this is an audio podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oven St. Prue defeats Shogun Hua. Split decision. Don't have much to say about this other than fans that are booing uh, Shogun Hua should be escorted from the building. That's what I said on Twitter yeah. that night. If, you, if you're caught booing Shogun, the, the security should come and, and ask you to leave. You, yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't, it's like booing the Pope at like a... Uh, at like a large mass ceremony, you don't boo the Pope. Yeah, cheer him. He's put on so many fights for us for so many years. So exciting. He had one little off one. He's in his forties now, isn't he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He's he's a little bit older than I yeah. am. Yeah. Respect, uh, respect the legends. Exactly. You know, respect the legends of the game. Come on. He's sitting there, but again. Not the most entertaining. We got to realize when is enough enough. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep saying that line. When is enough enough? Well, one more is but, enough because he's got one more fight on his contract, and Dana White says let him fight it out. Let it out. Yeah, he deserves it. Let him go. Have him fight Sam Alvey. Call it a day. Oh, there you go. You already match me. Already done. Done. Boom. Uh, to, to steal your your trademark line. Uh, Randy Brown Boom. defeats Chaos Williams. Uh, split decision. I, I kind of lean to Chaos Williams here personally. Just why I got to watch this entire fight. Chaos drops Randy in the first. I would give him the first round. Second round was, I think, a pretty clear Randy Brown round. And then the third round, Chaos drops Randy Brown again. But Randy's doing great work with his head movement, his defense, as he's sticking and moving. 
but that doesn't really win rounds on the criteria, right? So this was a really close fight. Obviously, it's not a robbery or anything along those lines. I just personally thought that the work that Chaos Williams did was more conducive to how fights are scored. Yeah, I mean, maybe by definition, but watching it as a, a martial artist, I thought Randy Brown won. He looked good. He was he throwing good. the punches longer. He was engaging more. Chaos was trying more for the bigger shots in the closing, but I thought Randy Brown controlled the fight a lot. And I, I would have, I right away when even when I heard split decision, I was like, really a split decision? I thought Randy Brown all hands down. The uh, only other fight I want to talk about on this card was uh, Lupita Godinez defeats Ariane Carnelosi. To me, those were all three of those rounds were ten eight rounds. She completely obliterated Carnelosi in that fight. I don't know. There was a judge that scored a 30-27. Like, what more do you need to see to give somebody a 10-8 round? She had, she had top control for 13 and a half minutes of the 15 minutes, landing, like, six times the amount of strikes of her opponent, landing damage. Land, like, it had all three Ds, the dominance, duration, and the damage. Like, what, what more do you need to see to give a 10-8 round here? I, Lupita looked fantastic, and I think that... Uh, me and the, the guy from uh, Carlos Legaspi, who covers uh, MMA for ESPN Deportes from Mexico, he's like, we're, he's like, we're keeping Lupita. I was like, no, 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 Canada. <laughs> she lives in yeah, Canada. Yeah. She's, she's one of ours. We had a, we had a, a debate backstage. But she represents both, of course, which is we're, we're just playing. But uh, Lupita looked fantastic. Now, last time we saw her, she took back-to-back fights, right? Within, like, two weeks' yeah, notice. Yeah, but the problem was and one of those fights. And now she's back again. She's, one of those fights the was that fighter. flyweight, and her opponent was way bigger than her. So... So far, she is uh, three and two now. She lost the fight to Jessica Penay, her first fight back, which I didn't really agree with that decision because I thought that Penay she had like back control, but she wasn't doing a ton of damage with it. Either way, doesn't make a difference. Beat Silvana Gomez Juarez, uh, got a performance tonight armbar, then lost to Luana Carolina. That fight was seven days later. Lost to Luana Carolina, fighting up a weight class. Luana was just way bigger than her, had more, way more range. But since then, she's back at straw weight and has one two in a row. So. Kudos to, uh, to Lupi, and uh, excited to see what she does going forward because I thought that that performance really showed that if she's able to implement a good wrestling game plan, similar to like a Carla Esparza or um, a Tatiana Suarez, like you, you can go places in, the, in this division. Yeah, now I have a question for you because uh, just a fighter, I, I didn't get to watch uh, a lot of the prelims, but the one fighter that seems to be popping up, and I think he got a beautiful knockout recently, Andre Filalio. 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 That's how the Portuguese Brazilian. That's how he told me it's pronounced. Okay, but he seems to be doing some nasty work, knocking everybody out. Oh, he's like I didn't get to see this, but I mean, I know he trains with Samford, and he's just been under the radar. But I think he's within a month. He's got two beautiful knockouts. He's got two beautiful knockouts within a month. He's he's got three fights since January, and he went backstage after the event, after the win, and uh, told Dana White that he wanted another fight soon. And Dana said, how about in Singapore in June? And he was like, yeah, sure. Didn't ask what the opponent was. Yeah, no problem. And Dana White said the yeah. matchmakers argued with him and said there was no space on the card. And Dana was like, make it happen. So Fialu is going to be back in June. He'll have four fights in five months in the UFC. Um, he's 3-1, and one, I believe, in those fights. Uh, he came from – he's fought everywhere. He's fought at UAE, UAE Warriors, LFA, PFL, Bellator. The guy's been all over the place. But, uh, yeah, now he is – sorry, he's 2-1 and one now in the UFC. So, he'll have, yeah, it'll be his fourth fight in five months. Uh, in June. So two first-round knockouts in a row. My radar. Knocked out Miguel Baeza and then knocked out Cameron Van Camp. His only loss was to Michelle Pajeja uh, on, uh, on short yeah, notice. That's a tough fight. That's a tough fight. Very tough right? fight. I don't... So, I mean, uh, yeah, I think he's on my radar now. So I'm watching him now. Yeah, I spoke to him backstage. Good, Good guy. I, uh, I'm excited to see what, uh, what he brings to the table next. But, uh, yeah, that was the card. And um, 
I'm eager to see what happens next, but I, I still have a bad taste in my mouth over that strawweight fight. I just feel like they, they just did Rose a, a real disservice by not just letting her go. Yeah, I'll send you, uh, it's her TikTok, but I'll tell you, I have a 19-year-old fighter who fought this weekend in Montreal. You're going to see her. I can, I can guarantee you you'll see her. and We'll be talking about her in a, a couple years. But uh, I'm telling you right now, you want to see excitement. The way she went forward, the way I was like, that's how women's fight should be. You know, not like Rose. And come on. I said that. I'm like, after watching Rose and Carla, I'm like, that should give you confidence. Even at 19 years old, that like you're going to hit harder. The damage you do, the pressure you bring, the excitement you bring. I said that should give you confidence that you're going to be a champ one what day. What weight class so, is she in? Uh, 125. Okay. She's and this was a professional but, uh, MMA fighter, amateur. Uh, no, she's she just uh, she's just 19. She was a kickboxer on the Canadian national uh, kickboxing team. Now I'm transitioning her to MMA, and she's she's got every box checked to be uh, the next thing from Canada. I'll tell you right now. I'm, I don't want to say it, but uh, Jazzy and Dabita, they're good. But this girl's something special. This girl's gonna be something like you great. Combine Diana Belbita into one name. Dabita. Is that what I did? Yeah. Jazzy Belbita? No, 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 I said no. both names. No, but you said Dabita instead of Belbita. Diana oh, Belbita. Belbita. So you combined her ah, first name and last enough. name. Whatever, save some time. No, they, we know who you're yeah, talking about. Merge it. Yeah. But I'm telling you, this 19-year-old girl, Izzy Filipazo, she's going to be the next uh, Canadian girl we're talking about in the UFC. All right. What's her What's her background? Filipino? Uh, no, she's uh, Italian-Portuguese. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. Looking forward to That's it. it. We'll watch I'll take it. your word yeah. for it. And how's your other guy yeah, doing I, that you've been you've been uh, talking up? Sixteen year old kid. Oh yeah, he's uh, he had a boxing fight this weekend and got his win. Now he's doing a tournament with the Mayweathers. I think uh, Floyd Mayweather Senior is cornering this weekend. He's got a couple fights in boxing, and then he's doing a kickboxing uh, national team kickboxing fights in June. So the kid's gonna be a national boxer, kickboxer, and eventually we're working his ground game slowly. But he can literally pick which sport he wants to become a you know a world champion and then he'll do it all right well, it's insane i love hearing the confidence you have in your students it's uh, insane shows shows uh shows that you're working uh, hard to grow these the new breed of uh, mixed martial artists in uh, in canada that's it we can't have boring fights like this i need to put some i need to get <laughs> you need to put butts some in the good seats. fights going on yeah we need to build these sports we can't build sports like that yeah i just think carla must be oh sorry uh rose must be losing sleep over that like of course. Like, do her coaches not have the confidence in her to be an elite mixed martial artist that can win the fight wherever it goes? Because that, I don't know. I still can't get over it, honestly. I'm, I've been thinking about it since the fight. I'm just like, she's so good. Like, I'm not trying to put her down. I'm trying to. I'm doing the opposite. I'm trying to build her yeah. up. I think that like she, sure. she can beat Carla wherever that fight goes if you just let her go. Let her cook. Let Rose cook. We need to get a shirt that says that. Yeah, let her go. I mean, you got to think, too, like we just talked about me coaching, but like, look at Trevor Whitman. You have one example of someone who didn't want to engage and you have Justin Gaethje who over engages. So you're kind of like you have two opposite fighters on the spectrum there. You know, he had a Whitman wasn't his best night. I mean, but it was like, how do you control? You don't want to over control Gaethje because what makes him great is Oliveira. If you if you if you give if you think too much against Oliveira. He's gonna find. He's gonna like take advantage of that. No problem. I think Gaethje's game yeah. plan was actually the right game plan for that fight. I don't think that he did anything wrong. Yeah, I mean, he looked to counter when he knocked him down. He was countering with shots. I mean, he did everything he had to. It just when it came to jujitsu, not really defending the hands, didn't know what to do. He, Oliveira locked that choke in a little bit too easy. You could, like, I mean, you got to be defending a little bit better the hands like that. But, yeah, but it's mean, Oliveira, hey, dude. Learning Oliveira experience. snatches stuff up like. 
He's yeah. so good. Quick, the he's way he switched so his grip and he had the body triangle. Yeah. As soon, Once as he, got soon that as body he knocked triangle, Gaethje down, no, as soon as he knocked Gaethje down and got on top of him, I said, this fight's over. Whoever I was standing next to, I was like, this fight's over. They were like, looking at me like I was crazy. I was like, no, nah, it's over. There was just, there was nowhere for him to go. Yeah, he almost got a triangle to switch to an arm bar. The next thing you know, he's on his back and then he, it's like, wizard, man. Like, that's it. I'm on, I'm on the bus. I'm yeah, co-driving he, he had like a, the Charles he had a Oliveira reverse, bus with you. Like, uh, he had back control and did a, like put him into a triangle. Like, he wrapped his neck yeah. up into a triangle. It was unbelievable. And, it, yeah, and, then, and, went and then he was like, okay, this isn't working. Let's switch to something new. Let's go to arm bar. No, okay, yeah. that's not working. Okay, let's no, go to a choke. Yeah. And then, oh, my Unreal. grip's not perfect, so let's, let's tighten it up. It's like, boom, Let's just done. switch it. Bang, it's all on the boom. fly. Just boom, boom, boom. And he's been rocked twice in the fight already. And he's just able yeah. to, like, I, I'm yeah. telling you, this guy is he's something else. Yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I, Like I said, there's not many fighters I want to sit here and, and, and kind of that get me so excited to watch. But that man's, you know, hyping me yeah, up. He's again. like, I want to fight in December in uh, in Brazil. I'm like, December? That's I'm not going to wait seven months to watch this guy fight again. Let's go next weekend. Come on. Yeah, next. Yeah, same thing with Izzy. I wish these guys fought, like, every three months at least. If it was up you know? easy, he would. <laughs> they just can't pay him that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not a cheap date pay anymore. Him. Well, no, what I mean, yeah, I, I, well, I mean, well. what I mean is they're paying him well, and they just don't want to have to pay him four times a year. That's it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, well, they're making money. They're saving, saving money. My question with you, another one I had with uh, the Lozon and uh, Cerrone fight. I mean, the question was, is like, uh, I was hearing something because I think I heard a little bit of Hawani. He's getting, they're giving him. It made sense when he said like. The, they budgeted for this amount of money, like, and do you give Lozon some? Like, how how do they no, do they, that? They, they it just show? The but does he still get paid, even though they rebooked the Lozon fight? Lozon probably gets Joe paid. Lozon? Lozon probably gets the show money. Okay. If I had to guess, I was, I was like, I even know, though it though. gets rebooked, because I heard it was getting rebooked soon. Like, I hope they still pay him for that. June 18th in Austin, Texas. Okay, but they got to pay Lozon. But Cerrone get paid for that? No, he would not get paid. Yeah, you know, I don't know because he made weight. I have no idea, honestly. These Cerrone, kind of things. A lot yeah. of this stuff is they, it's at the discretion of the UFC, from what I understand. But I have no idea. Yeah. My main question was, does Cerrone get paid his show money? I have no idea. I mean, because that would be a good strategy: go in, make weight, and just say, "Ah, I'm sick now." Well, that, you know, that's I mean? not really up Cowboys it. Alley, though. I mean, they went out and got <laughs> no, tacos. I know, but I'm saying, if sick. you want to make an extra couple hundred grand, if Cerrone's making that much, probably, you know, like they probably didn't geez. pay Cerrone his show money, if I had to guess. Yeah, I would. I wouldn't think so either. I'm sure they paid. Lozon, that was just a though. curious question. I would guess they paid Lozon. And I spoke to a Damon Jackson backstage, and Damon Jackson's like, I texted Dana White and said I would fight Lozon at a catchweight tonight. And like, like right, yeah. like this was like during the show. Like Damon Jackson was yeah. there with Macy Chase on cornering her, and uh, then I saw he basically said like Dana White, well, he, Dana liked that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, I know it's impossible because you need medicals. And that would have been like a fun that, fight, but hey. Damon Jackson. Yeah, just show, just show that you're. No, he has his medical. He's you'll fighting in like up. a week or two. Oh, but then they're going to ruin the other fight, then, right? No, then he loses. Yeah. Who's he? Fa- He's got a really interesting fight against Derek Minner, actually. Two guys that are super op- opportunistic with uh, submissions. I like that fight. But uh, let's let's move to this weekend. You got Jan Bojovic fighting for the first time since dropping the light heavyweight championship to Glover Teixeira, taking on Alexander Rakic. This is uh, an interesting one. I don't know how good of a fight it's going to be. I feel like it's going to be a five-round kickboxing match for the most part with some wrestling sprinkled yeah. in every now and then. But uh, Rakic is a two-to-one favorite. I don't know if they're giving Jan enough respect here. Yeah, I mean, Jan hits hard. We've seen him against Izzy, his ability to control. I know Rakic is a lot bigger, but I'm one of these guys. I like walking, watching uh, 
Rakic fight for years now. Ever since when he had one of my favorite knockouts with that, I think it was a nice yeah, left head kick, head kick that he yeah, landed. That was one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Off a nice exit. And I still use that as an example to my guys of how to use the exit head kicks and stuff like that. So I've been a fan of him. I think he's uh, age-wise, early 30s. He's just on 30. Yeah, good age, good start. I think uh, I think he'll do good things in the light heavyweight. I think we can see him uh, potentially being champ one day. I had a nice talk with uh, with both of them yesterday, actually, with Rakic and uh, and Jan Blachowicz, So, uh, have Rakic and Prohaska fought? No, but they've been calling each other out for like a year and a half. That's that would be that's well, that nice. could be the next yeah. fight, right? Like if Yuri's able to beat Glover and Rakic is able to beat Jan Blachowicz, that seems to me like the next fight. No, it should be. Yeah, I mean, it's one versus three here, so let's see uh, how it goes. But uh, you've got uh, minus 205 for Rakic, plus 164 for Blahovic. If I were to make a prediction, I think Rakic will win a decision. Rakic, Rakic by decision, decision is plus yep. 200. That's probably what I would recommend. Me too. I like I don't that. See it. I don't know if I see a finish here. I think both guys are going to take it very uh, – they're going to be a little bit conservative in this fight. Yeah. It'll be a, like you said, it'll be a kickboxing fight with a little, maybe a little wall control that won't last too long. Yeah, it could also just go over four and a half rounds at plus 104, or fight goes to decision at plus 110, but I don't know. It's a light heavyweight fight, right? So it's kind of risky, but at the same time, I, I, I see this fight going the distance. Uh, any other big fights on this card that you're excited for? Um, in all honesty, not, not, not a ton. I'm interested to see what happens between Chukagian and Amanda Hibas, because Chukagian's the number one ranked flyweight, and Hibas is jumping into the division and has a chance to basically like become a title challenger, right? Like, if you nobody else has beaten Chukagian really, if you if you beat her now, suddenly like you're right there in the title picture. Yeah, Caitlyn's just tough and long and rangy and screams every time she strikes, <laughs> which I appreciate. It's a good it's a good thing. It's martial arts, which uh, she makes. It's, it almost sounds like when Caitlyn's fighting, it almost sounds like a tennis match. Oh, Hiba said she needs to take risks, and I agree with that. So uh, I spoke yeah. to her yesterday. You got to get inside. You got to get inside. And it's hard to do. Easier said than done. Chukagian's super long, really good with her distance. Like she might be one of the best at managing distance um, in all of women's MMA. Oh yeah, I agree. Throws those kicks too to keep the range mm-hmm. extra long. Uses her frame properly. Yeah, no, she's she's really good. So we'll see how that one plays out. That one's interesting to me. Davy Grant versus Louis Smolka is an interesting one. Uh, Kute Lava against uh, Ryan Ryan Span. That's a good one. It's actually not some. Yeah, this is actually a pretty solid card. Uh, Jake Hadley against Nascimento. Jake Hadley was on the Contender Series. British fighter looks uh, looks like he could have a nice future. Um, I just saw Angela Hill, uh, Jan Joroba. Yeah. That's a nice Angela one. Angela versus Jan Joroba. Yeah, this is a this is a much better card than next weekend. Next weekend's card, the twenty first. Yeah, it's not not a, not a lot to uh, to like on that card. And I've been wondering too. I was. I've always wondered. I'm like, where has Michael Johnson gone? He's been. Tra- he's been and training I, with uh, Gaethje actually in Denver. Well, now he's on the card. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I, I, I had no idea where he had spent the last five years. I don't. Has he fought recently? Um, I don't think he's, he's fought. No, in... he's actually been fighting. He's been. Trying, I think his, really? his last fight against I... Clay Guida. He's had some fights in the last couple of years. They just haven't been very eventful. We haven't seen those like trademark Michael Johnson knockouts. Well, to me, I haven't heard his name pop up in last, years. His last fight was last year. It was against Clay Guida, February 2021. But before that? Thiago Moises in 2020. So he's fought twice in the last two years. So usually he's a lot more busy, a lot bad. more active. Right? He fought three times but he's in he's older now, right? He's older. He's so I, mean, I don't think he can put it in as many as he used to. Yeah. He's 35 years old now. So, yeah, this, this card actually has a lot to like on it. So I'm, I'm eager to see it. 
Uh, Frank Camacho coming back for the first time in a while. He, he hasn't been super active either. So, uh, yeah, I like it. I'm interested to see uh, how this one goes. And then we've got uh, the fight in, the event in Singapore in one month's time. One month from today, actually, is the uh, UFC 275 Glover against Prohashka. Did you watch any PFL or Bellator? Uh, I did not, no. The PFL card was not. great. Anthony Pettis, Rory McDonald looked really good. Um, Kayla Harrison had a tough fight. Like, it's the kind of fight that she Oh, I needs. didn't even know Kayla fought. Yeah, Kayla fought. She won a decision over uh, Maria Mochnatkina, who fought in uh, Bellator, six, I think six or seven times Sambo, world Sambo champion. Uh, it was the kind of fight she, that I think Harrison needed to open up the tournament because it, she, she faced some real resistance. Like, she didn't lose any of the rounds, but it was still like a tough fight for her. Yeah, and I saw that uh, the one other result from that night, I saw a, a friend of mine, Jenna Fabian, beat, uh, is it Julia Bud? Bud, the Canadian, yeah. yeah. But uh, she she yeah. missed weight, Jenna Fabian, so she didn't get any points. Oh, did she? She's minus one oh, point despite winning. Because I was wondering, I was like, because they were saying it, it was like she won, but kind of people are talking like she lost. So I was like confused. I'm like, did she win or did she not win? And I was like so confused. So now that you cleared it up, it makes and sense. And Cooper the third missed weight and got completely smoked in his fight. He looked terrible. Like from Loyal. what I saw, like I saw like little clips. I tried to keep up. He looked terrible, man. Really bad. Like, Oversized. Looks like a guy who's won two million dollars and has been enjoying himself. Yeah, he's been eating well with that two mil. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so. yeah, that kid Carlos Leal looked really good. Really solid fighter. Yeah, I didn't know Pettis was a submission. Rory was a submission. Yeah. I believe so. I mean, yeah. Rory was a fast submission. Rory looked good. Rory might be the favorite to win at 170 now because uh, Cooper lost. And uh, Magomed Magomed Karimov is out because of visa issues. So he's not in, in the tournament. So now the tournament uh, field has been changed up quite a little bit. But this Carlos Leal guy that beat Wright Cooper III is no joke. Like, this guy's really good. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to watch it all. But from the, the little clips I saw, Ray Cooper did not look like Ray Cooper. No. I mean, he hung in there for three rounds, but he almost got stopped on multiple occasions. What uh, what was the Bellator card? I, was, I saw uh, that. Tech uh, Congo against Noel's Bader. going to fight. Okay, I saw I saw that in the main event, I think. I didn't watch it, but I You're can tell right. you how it went. Okay, let's <laughs> it's go. Just like, take down, take down, take down, rinse, repeat. Take down, take down, take down. Decision yep. in France. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. But I saw what I, I thought was, uh, I think it was, they showed it was going to be Manhoff against Yoel Romero. Well, yeah, but Manhoff had to pull out because he, when he apprehended those guys that were uh, breaking into a car or whatever it was, he injured his hand. But now they've rebooked Wait, it. just recently? Yeah, yeah. You didn't hear about this? No, I did not. Manhoff like stopped some guys that were breaking into a car and like fought them or something and like hurt his hand. <laughs> somewhere in Holland. Yeah, somewhere in Holland. Oh, okay. I didn't hear that. Yeah. Some, I uh, I was yeah, hanging with Mel- Melvin on uh, my the last Glory event that got. Uh, I remember he was shut in the cage trying to calm everybody down or in the ring. Rather. Yeah, and then after this, afterwards, uh, we did one of those because a lot of times everybody's so busy, but it's the best time to talk to somebody, and it sounds weird. Me and Melvin went to the bathroom at the same time, so we got to talk while we were peeing in the <laughs> stalls. So we're just asking about his upcoming fight and stuff because I've seen Melvin for years now back and forth. That guy is just – he's such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Melvin is such a nice guy. doesn't look like it the way he fights, but when you see him in person, he's very – he's, he's a gentleman, nice, talkative, very respectful. Like Melvin's – a good guy yeah so um are you calling this this glory 80 the the remake the whatever the redo no i'm not so, um it's only like three fights so i think they're just i have no idea what's happening with it i, know, I got an email uh, about it the other day about my with my code to watch it really oh i didn't even i don't even have the code yet so hopefully glory sends me one that would be nice <laughs> I'm sure they would, but uh, there's a lot of problems happening in Europe with commission and stuff like that. So, like, I mean, um, 
Glory also partnered with Infusion, which is like the another good mm-hmm. uh, yeah. kickboxing organization. So we're supposed to have an event combined together. So that got moved because of commission stuff as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Johnson, we can have another Canadian kickboxing world champion very right. soon. He's fighting for the title again. Against, is it Bastadi? Yeah. Tajani yeah. Bastadi. It's, it's a rematch. I mean, Tajani got the last one in a close decision, but uh, these guys are, uh, they, they bring a real good technical fight. So I'm, I'm excited to see it. Mm, absolutely. So that's this weekend, I think, isn't it? Yep, the 14th this weekend. All right. Well, I, I'll try to watch that. That's, uh, that's exciting. I, I always like watching these, uh, these glory events. But uh, who's calling it then? Do you know? No, actually, I don't have no clue. Because <laughs> uh, it wasn't, there's only three fights on it, I believe. Yeah, but they should get you like so a sound I, studio to call it. Yeah, they they thought about that because that's what we're doing for the infusion uh, glory infusion card. We'll call it in New Jersey, but uh, I think they, uh, if I had to say it, it's like they're making up for an event, so they probably want to keep budgets as small as possible to fly everybody in. Fly anybody? Just get you another soundstage. Yeah, but they got to rent the studio. They got to rent the the engineers. They got to bring me. They got to bring Todd. They got to bring my boss. They got. So I mean, yeah, I think I it just adds up. But I'm I'm with you. I think it would have been nice because I mean, Johnsy's a friend of mine, I, and to Johnny's a friend. Like I want them to get the full feeling of them. You know, one of them's gonna have a world like. He's going to defend it, and we might have a new champion. To, to not have me and the excitement, and I, I want to be there personally, you know? So it, it's, it's hard for me to kind of – this is the first – this would be the first fight I have not called since Glory 27, Glory 26. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Like, I mean, I could say that I've called every single high-level kickboxing fight for the last five years. Now I can uh, – this fight I'm not going to call upsets me a little bit. Yeah, yeah interesting. Well, I think that uh, that just about does it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, we've got Michael Page against Storley this weekend. I guess we'll see how that one goes. Um, uh, Paul Daly's retiring, I saw. Yeah, that was his, his retirement fight this weekend. I was That was supposed to be my glory debut, was Paul Daly. Really? Yeah, yeah Glory oh, yeah, 5. It was supposed yeah. to be in London. And then uh, and they're like, do you want to fight Paul Daly? I was like, Paul Daly? The guy's crazy. He's a killer. What am I going to do? He's going to kill me. And then I was like, Yes, I do want to fight him. <laughs> and then uh, they moved me literally. I, I basically signed a contract for him, and then they moved me to the, the next one, ah, Glory 6. That would have been, that would have been interesting. Amazing, because then I would have had it. You had it on my resume now as Paul Daly's fighting. You know, Paul Daly gets knocked out by Bazooka Joe, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know, I knocked out Paul Daly. Yeah, exactly. I would have knocked him out. Let's be real. Uh, UFC 277 is starting to shape up. In uh, It looks like it's going to be in Dallas, Texas at the end of July. We're going to see an interim title bout between um, Brandon Moreno and Kai Kara France. Apparently, Figueredo's hand is injured, so we'll see an interim bout there. And then uh, it oh, looks like nice. it looks like Nunes Pena is going to be on that card as well. So things are starting to happen in the uh, in for these upcoming pay per views. And Izzy Cannonier, July second. Izzy Cannonier right? and Holloway versus uh, Volkanovski three, all on the same, same card, card too, right? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Yeah, so stuff. Everything is starting to happen. They're starting to see the big cards get lined up. So. That's exciting, exciting times. I, I don't know. I know I'm going to the July 2nd card. I don't know if I'm going to go to the one in Dallas. I hope I am. I love Dallas, but we'll have to see. So was it now for you? Was it uh, just a better experience being there live again? Felt good? Oh, felt great. right? It was Back awesome. in your zone? The, that was probably one of my favorite events to cover um, out of all of the ones I've covered on the scene, just because it's been a while. I mean, I was there in November, of course, but... I don't know. I just felt normal again a little bit. Like, it felt a, a little bit like things are back to normal. It felt um, I, I got to make a lot of connections and, and chat with people. And I, w- I was coincidentally staying at the host hotel, so I got to hang out with a lot of, like, see a lot of people that I knew and hadn't seen in a long time. 
it was cool. Like, and then some of the fighters, because I've interviewed them so many times remotely, like I, I interviewed Brandon Royval after his fight. He's like, oh, hey, man. Like, yeah, we've never seen, like, we've never met before. I was like, yeah, yeah nice yeah, to yeah. meet you finally. And he was like, yeah, it's so weird. He's like, I've interviewed him like four or five times. Yeah, it, it is weird. Because even when I was in that glory, the two that we had to call from the studio, I met some of the guys just on Skype. So when I saw them in person, I felt like I knew them. So like first thing I did, like I'm, I'm a hugger kind of guy. So all of a sudden there's Levy Richter, six foot five monster. I felt like we were friends because we've talked for so long. Next thing you know, I'm shooting singles on him for fun, grabbing him in clinches. <laughs> and I was like, I forgot I've never met this guy in my life. So he probably thinks, why is Joe wrestling me like he knows me? So it felt weird, but I think he's cool. And he, we know each other on a different level. But uh, yeah, it's weird because you really get a connection, even though it's on Skype. You think you know that person. Yes, I, I wasn't Really anybody, don't. But uh, you know, I got this. I got Shit, the hang of a little bit. Gilbert Burns. I just haven't seen them in a long time in person, right? So it's like it's nice yeah. to see them again after chatting with Makes them. So you many realize times. your job is uh, such a cool job to have, right? To be able to do these things. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta reap those benefits. And Joe, before we wrap up, I've got two interviews with the main event combatants from this weekend's UFC Fight Night card. We've got Jan Bojovic, Alexander Rakic, and also why not throw in another interview with the pleasant. Amanda Hebus. It's always a real pleasure to speak to. So let's get to those interviews. Joe, thanks for this, and we'll see you next week. I'm proud to be joined by a man who possesses legendary Polish power, and that's a trademark now. And I hope my, his legal team doesn't contact me for using that term. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, don't worry. Uh, I will take care of it, so uh, you can use it. <laughs> I am out. <laughs> I appreciate it. No, no cease and desist order coming from from the uh, the Bojovic uh, the Bojovic legal team. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. This is not you know I create this uh, this this, uh, this legendary Polish something uh, what I work all my life and yeah now I'm owner of this in the uh, you know in uh, not only like like a fighter but but only I can use it like you know in uh, when I would like to use it in uh, some companies in different things with my face so then. Mm-hmm. Only I can use it. Nobody else. I was going to ask, do you have merchandise planned or companies planned or anything like that that, uh, that use the term? Of course. We, we're thinking about about something to start doing something. Uh, we need a little bit more time. And yeah, for sure, in the end of this year, maybe in the beginning of next year, we start doing something. But I believe we start in this year. Just wait. Be, be, you know, thank you. <laughs> you should think big. You could become like the biggest hydro company in Poland. And just have everybody in their house can have legendary Polish power flowing through their electric uh, outlets. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but this is hard to market, you know, with, uh, with hydro and stuff like this. We've got different plans. Well, that's good to hear. You're in a big main event, of course, with Alexander yeah, Rakic. You know what is the best after the fight? Oh, you're Green. looking to it after the fight. I got you. Well, uh, Alexander Rakic, a fantastic opponent for you. I think this is a really um, even matchup in terms of your skills. I think that both of you are very good at the same things, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Do you agree? Of course, I agree. I think, you know, that uh, if fight goes the, to the ground in the, only in the, you know, for some accident, you know, or, or after the punches, you know. Uh, but we'll see. I'm ready also for if he will try to take me down, I will be ready for that. But he's stand up fighter. I like fighting stand up, so I think eighty or ninety percent of this fight will be will be on the feet, you know, and a lot of punches, heavy punches. Do you think a win will put you right back into the title picture in terms of perhaps your next fight would be for the title? 
you know, I don't think about this right, right now. I focus about about him only, about about Saturday. But for me, it's like not natural move. You know, I'm number one. He is number three. So who won this fight? Will be next uh, contender for the title shot. It's like I don't see different. You know, uh, different 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 way to to who who else. Now in your life, for him, for sure me because he's got time. I've got a little bit less than he. <laughs> yeah, he's a younger guy, one of the younger contenders in the division. Now, in your in your last fight, if you were to chalk up what happened to mental versus physical, what do you think it was more? Do you think it was more of a mental lapse, or do you think that I don't know if you had injuries or anything coming into that fight, or was it more physical? No, I, I was healthy, more more mental, you know, more mental. Something's happened, uh, not before fight, not in the fight. Something's happened, <clears throat> you know. Uh, one month, two months before fight, uh, I just cannot, you know, feel this is what I feel before Reyes, before uh, Adesanya. I just, you know, I don't know why. But when you look to my whole career, you're going to see a couple wins, losses, couple wins, losses, you know, like a roller coaster. So sometimes I just need, you know, to someone kick my ass to, to you know, to find this fire and again inside me and feel this uh this passion to this sport, you know, to go back to the gym and start working hard, you know. I saw you brought in a mental coach. What has that done to help you prepare for this fight? Uh, you know, because I talked with my fiance one one night that she said, I think that you should talk with somebody, you know. Uh, and I say, why not? Why don't try to do in that? If this helped me, it's going to be perfect. It's not, nothing changed. Uh, so I found uh, Daria. She's, uh, you know, she also was a fighter a long time ago, so she know how 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 we works, yeah. Uh, and she started helping me, you know, find the this fire inside me again uh, for uh, how to you know make concentration about the fight, about the training, about nothing else. So we do. I think that we make really good job together. And um, I think without her, uh, will be you know uh, same like with Glover. With her, uh, that's what what she do with me with my head. Uh, Again, I feel, you know, this 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 joy to doing that, you know. I'm happy that I will go to inside Octagon because I don't have to because I want to. And I will, I do it with the, with pleasure, with joy. So it's made that much of a difference. You think that without Daria, that going into this fight, you might have the same kind of mental lapses as in the last fight? It's, that, it's been that big for you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> For sure, it will be much harder, you know, much harder. And uh, maybe even I will, you know, I don't know. But uh, I, I I remember when when she come to our gym and start working with, with me and when, when, when I do my sparring session without her. And after a couple of days, after, you know, work with her was like here and here, you know. So I immediately I jumped to my, you know, champions level. So I just was happy that uh, that what we do together, it's really working. Now, I don't know if you even thought about this, but uh, Glover is facing Yuri Prokashka, somebody who you had been kind of linked up with before uh, the championship bout. Have you given any thought as to how this fight will go, or are you mo- mostly just focused on Rakic and haven't uh, thought yeah, no, much about not, their fight? Yeah, I focus about Rakic only. He's my target now. But yeah, if you ask me, so for me, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know, you know, because uh, Yura, he got a very crazy style, but in good way. You, you never know what he's gonna do, <laughs> uh, but Glover now he you know he's I think he's best shape ever, in in his best shape ever. So we will see when he if he gonna be so good like with me. I think he beat Yura uh, and defend his belt, but we will see. I will watch this fight you know 
and and waiting for for this fight also like uh, because also I am a fan of this sport. I had mentioned uh, to you before we started talking about your comments to Sean Strickland uh, on social media. And the reason why it resonated so much with me is uh, my grandmother and her family, uh, before my grandmother was born, actually, they, they left Poland to live in Brazil to evade oh. the Nazis. And my, my grandfather was an, a prisoner in Auschwitz. So when, oh. when you said what you said to uh, Sean Strickland, or sorry, yeah, Sean Strickland that had recommended he go to the, uh, the Auschwitz memorial page and things like that, it really resonated with me. So I just wanted to thank you for, um, you know, shedding light on... on you know that that you have a, a good account of that history and how it could replay at any time if if we all are ignorant to what's going on. We cannot be ignorant, you know, because if we're gonna be ignorant, this is gonna happen uh, everywhere, you know. So we have to, you know, we have to say it, we have to stop it, we have to learn people, uh, remind about history, uh, because if we stop, so we we see what's happened right now in on Ukraine, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I answer to him. I hope so that he will, you know, start thinking a little bit more and start reading the book and check his story, what's going on, how 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 war could be bad for you know for normal people who for people who just want to live normally in the life, you know, have kids, you know, have you know just normal life, you know, and someone will come to your country and try to take your freedom. We cannot allow for something like this. Do you have a a real interest in, in history and, and European history? Did you grow up reading these books? Do you still read these books today? You know, I don't need to read the books because I read the books also, but, uh, you know, like your grandpa and uh, grandma, um, my father also, he fought on the World War II. Uh, my uncles, one and two, they was in the in the Auschwitz. One died, one escaped. So, you know, they tell me almost everything about, about you know, the, the, the war. So they were captured by the Nazis, your uncles? Yes, yes. Was it because like, they were they were fighting one, back? One, one this lucky that he escaped from the the camp and one one died. Were they arrested for fighting back with the Polish army? Is that why they were brought in? Something, yeah. There, there was like partisans, you know. They they fight for in partisans army, and they they, they catch him somewhere. Well, it's interesting to hear about your family background as well. So that's uh, it, it's good to see that we have some shared history. And I think that's, again, why uh, your words do carry, carry weight and ca- carry power. You mentioned that, of course, Sean is in the UFC and you, want, you don't want the UFC to be represented in that way. Of course. That's why I answered to him, you know, because a lot of people say a lot, lot of, you know, stupid things on the Internet. But, you know, me and him, we work in the same company. That's why I answered to him. And I hope so, you know, uh, that... that Maybe a little bit change of his uh, way of his thinking. I was wondering if on you watched. Good... The... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jan. Yeah, I hope so that he changed his way of thinking, but not this good way, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Uh, did you watch UFC uh, 274 this past weekend? I was curious what you thought of Charles Oliveira's performance because watching what he does in the cage, it, it must be inspiring for a lot of the fighters to see how he's the, able the... to just overcome and just and just get these incredible wins. Yeah, it was amazing, yeah, amazing fight. Uh, we watch it uh, together uh, with my team here in, in Vegas because we are two, two, almost three weeks here. Yeah, that was amazing, exciting and crazy fight. Very nice to watch. I watched some of the ESPN Plus uh, Destin special that they did on, on yourself and uh, Alexander. I got to see your son, and it looks like he uh, possesses some of that legendary Polish power as well. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. He looks like a very strong boy. Yeah, <laughs> he is. He is very strong. So who knows what's he's gonna do in future? Well, whatever it is, I'm sure he'll make you very proud. And uh, you, of course, I will support him. You know, what way he chooses, I will support him. 
But of course, he's gonna have to go to the you know gym twice by week. Everything what he chooses, but for sure, sport have to be very important in his life. Well, absolutely. We see how far it's taken you in the UFC, a champion in your own right. Uh, thank you very much for this, Jan. Always appreciate it, and best of luck against Alexander this weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. He's in the main event of this weekend's UFC Fight Night card against Jan Blahovic. He's Alexander Rakic. And Alex, looking at your two games, to me it feels like you guys have a very similar skill set. You just happen to be, I think, younger and faster than Jan. Do you agree that the skill sets are pretty similar here? Yeah, I mean, I think Jan's background is striking like mine. And uh, we've been in this game for a long time. And uh, yeah, he's a, he's a tough guy like I am, and we will find out uh, on Saturday who is tougher, who is better, who has the better skill set. I believe that I'm uh, uh, more completed, uh, a more completed fighter than Jan, but uh, we will see on, on Saturday night uh, what's going to happen. I'm, like I said, I'm ready for every, everywhere, you know, if it's a grappling or, or, or striking or wrestling department. I did my homework. And uh, we'll see. You mentioned the wrestling department. Do you feel like that's where your biggest advantage lies? I guess, yes. Because I put a lot of work the last years. And especially the last year when I were off a little bit from fighting. I did multi multiple wrestling camps. Uh, I, I flew everywhere to, do, uh, to wrestle good guys. And I saw and I felt it in my preparation that my wrestling improved. Uh, so... We will see if, if, if the fights if the fights get to the clinch position or the wrestling position, uh, I'm very secure there. You've had one fight uh, in each of the last two years. Are you looking to have multiple fights this year? And what, what's been the circumstance where you've only had uh, one fight a year? Has it been injuries or has it just been not being able to get booked, opponents pulling out? Yeah, I mean, I was not able to be booked because uh, I, 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 I was... Uh, I was, uh, uh, like, how would I say, I, I searched for, for a guy who, who is in front of me, you know, to fight me, so, uh, so I challenged uh, Yuri Prohaska a couple times, then he responded, he's going to probably wait uh, for the title shot, then I got uh, called out by Anthony Smith, a guy who I already beat two years ago, and... I took the challenge because I wanted to stay active, but then uh, the fight didn't happen. The UFC didn't make it. Uh, so, yeah. Then a couple of weeks later, I got the name Jan Blahovic and I say, okay, perfect, let's do it. Do you feel like you have to be picky about your opponents in this division? There's not that many contenders. And you want to make sure that if you do get a win, it's going to put you in position for the title. I mean... Who else gonna? If I win, and I believe that I'm gonna win on Saturday, who else I should fight next? You know, I, I beat the number one contender, and uh, uh, I need to fight for the title next. But uh, let let's be like uh, realistic. Okay, Jan is in front of me. I need to focus on him, and I don't want to focus on the title or something like like this. You know. Uh, after the fight, we can talk and, 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 and see what, what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah. I think your position could have been in jeopardy if Ankalaev had a really big win in his last fight. But it seemed like he fought very, very safe and didn't really you know, do much to elevate himself. Do you agree? Absolutely. I mean, fighting Thiago Santos, I fought Thiago. And he's a very 
a, a very tricky guy to fight. He has heavy hands. He's uh, uh, waiting to counter you. So, you know, it, it was the fight against Ankalai was also a little bit... Uh, they pay attention. They pick his shots. I mean, he got dropped by, by, by Santos because he's able to. He can do it. So, yeah, but... He won that fight, and uh, it's not easy to fight uh, uh, Thiago Santos. So, yeah, I mean, he has a fight, I think, against Anthony Smith, but I'm in front of him. I'm the rank number three guy, and I fight a rank number one guy. And what he is, he is four, right? And fight Smith is five, something like that. So uh, it don't make sense if he if he if he if he beats Smith and then get another title shot before me. It really don't make sense. Were you surprised that Ankalaya fought the way that he did, given that he had such a big wrestling advantage, it would seem, against Santos and barely used it? Yes, I, I was surprised. No, I wasn't. I'm sorry. I wasn't surprised because I fought Santos and I know how dangerous he is. And uh, basically, Ankalaya said the same things after the fight what I said, and that's it. We, we both expected that Thiago Santos is going to fight a different style of, 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 of fighting, that he's going to be more aggressive like he used to be before, and then he catch him in a counter. And, I mean, uh, that's it, you know. And uh, we were both uh, very careful because, uh, you know, one shot, one small mistake, and you pay. And the pay is really high. You pay really high with, 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 with the win. Easier said than done against a guy like Jan Blachowicz, but do you feel like you need to make a real statement in this fight? You've, uh, you've had two decision wins in a row. This is a five-round fight. You'll have five rounds to put him away. Are you trying to prioritize that? I mean, the, the, the fir first things first is to win the fight and uh, to win in a dominant fashion. And the other things, when, if, if the knockout is going to happen, it will happen. Or if submission is going to happen, it will happen. I know uh, I'm ready you know, for everything what, what Jan going to bring. And um, that's it, you know. I've been really working hard the, those last year, you know, on my skill set. And I know I'm able to knock him out, submit him, or go high pace five rounds with him. Do you feel like it's your time now? You're 30 years old. You're in your athletic prime. The champion is with Glover's about 42, 43 years old. And he's been incredibly impressive. But, you know, right now, like I said, you're entering your prime. Do you feel like these are the years of Alexander Rakic in this light heavyweight division? Yes, that's absolutely. I feel like uh, getting into my prime the next years uh, is going to be awesome because I'm not just a better fighter. I'm also smarter. Uh, my my decisions in a fight in a fight situation are are much better than before. I choose uh, the right techniques in the right moments. So this only this you can only learn by by experience by age by training with the right people and uh, I believe uh, that uh, you're gonna see on Saturday night uh, better Alexander Rakic than the last fight and the previous fights and every other fight what's gonna be in the future gonna be even better. What part of your game would you say has improved the most since we last saw you? It's been about a year which gives you a lot of time to sharpen those tools. What do you think we're gonna be most surprised by on Saturday? I mean I worked all my skill sets. I, I did multiple wrestling camps this year. Uh, I put, uh, I, I had a new conditioning coach. I add a new uh, conditioning coach to my old coach. So 
we've been working on my conditioning and my muscle endurance for like five months now because we know okay we're gonna five we're gonna fight five rounds and the next fight is gonna be anyways also five rounds so uh i think the biggest improvement i made is my conditioning and my and my and my endurance but uh like i said the striking and and and, and the wrestling and the grappling were here all the time and i improved in every aspect of the fight, I see much better improvements than last year. Were you surprised by the manner in which Jan dropped the title to Glover? Just how dominant Glover was in that fight? Yes, I was surprised because I expect, expected uh, 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 Jan going to win. But um, it, wasn't, it wasn't his night. He did, uh, his performance wasn't so good. And Glover looked phenomenal. I mean, this was... He was a man on a mission. This was his last chance to get a title. And he did it in, in great fashion. And I'm really happy for him. Yeah, it's hard not to admire that. A guy in his early 40s winning in a, such a tough division like yours and becoming the champion. It's Again, I think the best word to use is inspiring. It's, it's very hard for, for fighters to not just get another opportunity at the title. But then when you're that much older to, to capture the title, I think it's just it's mind-blowing. I mean, being... 42 years old and doing and, and fighting young lines like the previous fights and the previous opponents and now fighting Yuri. I mean, hats off. He's a he's a he's a great athlete, great champion, and uh, it's really inspiring me because uh, he's 12 years older than me. We will see what I'm gonna do with 42, but uh, man, hats off, and I hope. He defends his belt against Yuri so I can face him the next and uh, fight another legend like him. Speaking of inspiring Brazilians, this past weekend, Charles Oliveira. What can you say about this guy? I mean, you, you think the guy's out of it and he just is always able to bounce back and look impressive. Nobody's beaten Justin Gaethje like that. And I know you watch a lot of these events. What did you think of his performance? Great performance. I mean, I saw Charles today. I just talked a little bit with him and... Uh, He's a great, great guy, you know, and his his way to the top were also long and hard, and uh, he chose the long way. Uh, so, I mean, you need to be mentally so strong that you can, you get, you got dropped, and then you come back and finish the fight. And he did it, you know, against Justin, against Chandler, and against Poirier. So, hats off to him. He's a great champion, and for me, he's a champion. So, yeah. He's just so opportunistic. It's it, like it's something that I don't think you can really teach in MMA to be as opportunistic as he is. To always kind of be looking for a finish at all times and having such an arsenal to do it. It's, I mean, it's it's I, he's very unique in that regard because you don't see a lot of fighters that are able to have that skill. Uh, what do you think sets him apart and makes him so different? Is it just his ability to win the fight wherever it goes? Yes, he's you know his self confidence is so high because you can yourself your self-confidence grows only on the mat or in the gym nowhere else you know and uh, for sure he put a hell of a job in, in on the mat and on the training and in working uh, with his coaches and good sparring partners so that's like also with me you know my self my self-confidence are coming from my uh, successful uh, training camps or trainings and uh, uh, setting goals in every every session and uh uh, make them true. So, I mean, it's 
the self-confidence, you know, is the most important thing. And then, of course, the mentality to go in there and, and to see, oh, okay, I'm going to finish it right now, right with this and that. So it's it's unbelievable, you know. And he's been long in this, in this game and he faced a lot of guys and, uh, you know, his experience... He's an experienced guy, and that's the reason I want to stay in the UFC for a long time. To fight great fighters, great legends, uh, uh, good guys, so to get even more experience and uh, yeah, to be one day uh, like him or even better. And finally, I know you've been away from your family for a lot of this camp. Are you, how much are you looking forward to getting home to them and seeing uh, seeing your child, who's uh, continuing yeah. to get older and older? I'm sure you're just seeing through FaceTime, but I'm sure you want to be there with your family. That's true. I mean, I I, feel, I'm, I miss my family a lot, and I can't wait to see them next week on 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 Monday. Uh, it's been a long time that I don't see him, like over 40 days uh, without the family, without the son. So. The victory on Saturday is gonna be even 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 sweeter after uh, uh, my hand gets raised and to come back and to see my family and spend the summer with them. Well, absolutely, bring a W home for them, and I always appreciate your time. Best of luck this weekend against Jan Vlahovic. Thank you. All the best to you. Happy to be joined by Amanda Hebas. Big opportunity this weekend against the number one ranked flyweight Caitlin Chukagian. This is a great matchup for you because if you win, you could be next in line for the flyweight championship. There's really not a whole lot of competition there. Yes, for sure. When the UFC uh, give me this opportunity, I just hug this opportunity like with all my strengthness, with all my arms, my legs, with everything because it is a huge opportunity for me. And when uh, Michelle hurts, my my supposed supposed fight against her and then she hurts and I was a little sad because I am seven months without fight and in my mind I was like and now who against who I will fight because in 115 every everybody has a fight and I was oh against who I will fight against who and the UFC offered me the this huge opportunity and in with the, another weight class division win 125 well you said you hung on to this opportunity with with all your arms and your legs is it because all your fights keep falling through they keep they keep falling through on you you have to hang on to this one to make sure it happens yes for sure i i think how you put now i am with energy you know i'm feeling good i'm feeling happy uh i think the last time i was here in las vegas I, I was feeling good, but I was with COVID. So this time I want to change the game. I want to put this energy, put my... I want to win inside the cage, you know? I know I don't have a responsibility, but I want to win. So are you thinking that 125 pounds is going to be your future home, or are you just going to play it by ear and see what comes along? I think everything depends on the result of this fight. Because I need to fight really good. I want to fight really good. And that definitely will, will definitely my my destiny. I think maybe if I don't fight so good, I will still win the both. But if I fight really good, I don't know, I will ask for another fight in one division in one twenty five division. So let's see the results. 
Well, I'm not sure you'll need to ask for another fight. I think that if you beat Caitlin Chukagian, who's number one, who nobody else seems to be able to beat in this division, aside from the champion herself, you could be next in line. You could basically call your shot right there and then and say, I want to face uh, Valentina Shevchenko or uh, her, her challenger that's coming up in a little bit, um, Tyler Santos. I this world, you know? You, you put the words in the air. So I take it and put here because this is crazy. For me, is a reality, but for some people, it's crazy. But I will show my crazy way to do the things. And if God bless me, I win this fight. And after that, maybe fight against uh, Shevchenko or Tyler. Yeah, I, I think Tyler Santos is a very good challenger. I think that a lot of people are overlooking her against Valentina Shevchenko. Do you agree? I think MMA, it's crazy. It's exciting because you never know who will win. Because if the punch gets in the right way, in the right time, everybody can get a knockout, everybody can get a submission. So we need to see it in the day, the fighter. I need, you know what? I like to see the eyes. When I saw the eyes in the weight class or in the entrance, uh, I mean, hmm, this guy, I think he will win because on the eyes you can tell who he wants more. He wants more to win. And I think who in the fight is who wants more to win. Is this something that you practice? Is staring into your opponent's eyes? For sure. All the time, I mean, mm, mm. <laughs> like, like lion eyes. I don't know. <laughs> Well, you're smiling when you're doing it with me because you know that I'm not going to be facing you anytime soon. But uh, I no, imagine no, that... <laughs> I will be like, oh. um, This past weekend, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts were on the uh, the strawweight uh, title fight. It seemed like, like you said, MMA is a little bit wild. You think you know what to expect, but then you know it throws you for a loop. I don't think that that fight was what people expected it to be. Yes, but sometimes happens. Sometimes. You know what I think happened? I think the both fighters are in the strategy. So in my mind, I think it's like this. Was like this. Rose was waiting to to Carla to come. To then he throw her punch, and Carla was waiting Rose to throw the punch to get down. So both are waiting to do the strategy. I think it happened that like that. Yeah, and it wasn't uh, what I thought people thought it was going to be. But do you think that Carla earned the decision there? What was your opinion of the fight? Uh, I love Rose. <laughs> really, I love Rose. But I think Carla won. Yeah, so you scored it for her. I thought that it was a very tough fight to score because, like you mentioned, there wasn't a whole lot of activity. Yeah, for sure. I think the fans were expecting a lot because they are huge fighters. And... Sometimes happens, sometimes it's not in the day. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel bad for both of them because it seems like a lot of people are saying, you know, negative things about the fight. But like you mentioned, if you have a strategy and you come into the fight and that's the way you want it to play out, then these kind of things can happen. Yeah, sometimes it's not in the day. It's crazy like that because sometimes the people want to put, uh, I want to do everything I do in my training. I want to do in the in the cage, but... I don't know why it doesn't work. I think because of that, they might need to be strong. 
you've never been afraid to take risks in fights. And I think one of the issues with Caitlin Jukagian is her opponents don't take risks very often. Um, you know, she's very good at using her length and picking people apart from length, but, uh, in, you know, you don't see a lot of people really rushing at Caitlin uh, Jukagian. Is that something you feel like you need to do in this fight, is to take some risks in order to, to get damage and, you know, have the judges look at this fight like it's in your favor? For sure. I think I need, I need to put my energy there and I can let her do her game because when she does, she get the points and I saw she fighting like this. She throw kicks and a lot of punches and get out. Kicking and punches and get out. And I, I think she does this because she's good on this and because she has a lot of distance of the fight. So I can't let her enjoy the fight. So I, I will put my distance, I will put my hard game. You're such a positive person. You're always smiling and laughing. When does that the switch flip? When do you become the, the competitor, Amanda Hibas? And, and how does that happen in your mind? Like, how does that switch get made? I think start in, after the waiting. I, when I saw her, because I don't see just her. I saw all my dreams. I saw all my gym. I saw, oh, I started to cry because, you know, I want really hard put put all my train camp inside the cage. So I think in waiting I start to change. You know? I start to change and after that I come at the, the room and relax, eat. And after that, and the five day, I start to think, I start to pray. And that's it. I and the day five I start to breathe and get focused and try to remember and everything why I am here. I try to remember that. So, yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as the final bell's done, you go right back to the same old Amanda Hibas that we're accustomed to? Yes, for sure, because it's hard to me not to log. Just my dad, he make me really bad, you know, because sometimes he does some, ay, ay. <laughs> And last question for you, Charles Oliveira, what an incredible fighter this guy is. I mean, he had this issue the day before the fight with the weigh-ins, and he's able to seemingly shut it right out of his mind and go out and perform against Justin Gaethje, unlike anybody we've seen face Justin Gaethje in the past. Do you get inspiration from a fighter like Charles to be able to do what he's able to do? Yes, for sure, because he shows if you want to win and you work for this, you can conquer so, for sure, I look him like an inspiration. What did you think of that whole situation with the weigh-ins, with Norma Dumont and with him, with the, the scale being off seemingly the day before and then the day of, I guess, Charles says his team wasn't told about what had happened. It's crazy, this, I think. Like me, I, I, I bring with me my scale because I am too scared to have that because it's too, too much people uh, working in the same scale. So, I think maybe if... Somebody just stay there and and take care of the scale because for me is my pressure, my precious. I bring with my arms to the travel because is my is my work job. Kilos. Sorry, sorry. Do you use kilos or pounds? Kilos. I use kilos. And you don't worry about that at all with because kilos. I mean, it's basically almost two pounds per kilo. You don't worry mm. at all about that. Uh, not too much because 
I made my weight in kilos, and then I I showed to the to sensei, and he always changed to libras. So for me, uh, doesn't doesn't change too much. Well, like I mentioned off the top, opportunity of a lifetime for you. Uh, best of luck on Saturday against Caitlin Jukagan. Always appreciate your time. Thank you. I really appreciate the interview. Thank you for your words. I received it. Yeah, I think. Thank you. And that's it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the TSN MMA show. For all the latest UFC news, visit tsn.ca slash UFC.